This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. In this digest episode, I have a special guest, Rohit, joining me. So, hello, Rohit. Welcome to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hey, hello, all the audience of the podcast, and hi, Ajit. Uh, Rohit is a good friend. He plays for the same club I play in the Netherlands. So, uh, I just wanted to give every one of our listeners a chance to, you know, get a glimpse of how. the cricket scene is in the netherlands and how the club cricket scene is what's the difference between the amateur cricket league and probably a professional league we have both times here so rohit plays in one of the professional cricket leagues with our club so i just wanted to give an insight into how these things go here so uh, it's really nice to have you on the podcast rohit so i think this is your first time so i don't know if you've had a chance to listen to our podcast episodes before and i don't know what you've thought about it No, absolutely. As as a cricket enthusiast, I've heard your podcast before, and that's why I was also excited to be part of it. It's great information for people in Netherlands or outside to also know what this scene in cricket is, specifically in Netherlands, is also overall. It's 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 quite interesting, man. So I I really enjoy it. I'm I'm a cricket enthusiast, so I'm sure many enthusiasts relate with what I'm saying right now. Indeed. So let's start off with uh, when you caught the cricketing bug. was it at a very young age at a, or at a later age no i think anybody in india let's say most of the people in india they catch this bug pretty early uh, at least as a viewer uh, and then when you progress in the school you start playing you know for fun and then you realize okay i want to spend more time with it uh, i i don't want to do other activities i want to do this activity more and that's how i think when i was in in, in class 6th or 7th that's when i started playing it with my cricket coach in in the school uh which was a big thing at that time and talking about 20 years back having a coach to train you show you how to hold a bat show you how to run and these things this was this was great so i started in 7th and i became part of our team school team at that time uh and yeah then it ended with the school and then when i was in my 12th uh, preparing for my boards then we got a chance to be part of the cbsc uh zonals tournament which is a tournament that cbc organizes every year and our school qualified which was one of the only schools along with many government schools uh that qualified okay. so we then we felt okay we are, we are better than many <laughs> we didn't win the tournament we we lost out on the semi final but that's where i really thought now now is the time that i can actually pursue my uh this activity as as something more than just a game but more as a passion So I end up ended up uh, going to the speedster contest uh, in Delhi, clocked 125 at that time, which was I thought I was much faster, but mine was 125, and the winner was 135. Uh, Abid and he went to uh, MRF Academy after that. So I knew that I was in the top, you know, not very slow. I was a decent pace bowler, and I ended up playing for North Zone, uh, which is just a level below Ranji. Uh, and then of course being a middle class family you had to prioritize on your studies versus cricket so i prioritized on on my studies uh, i had i was getting a chance to go to uk to play against some clubs at that time when i was uh, 18 uh, but then i had to uh, let it go 
one because of the expense of course and two because of priorities being shifting towards studies and yeah you have to excel and but yeah it always the bug was always with me although it was sleeping for some time uh and then when i uh, uh went to my mba we, we won tournaments uh, so i was always leading my team always feeling amazing that this is something that i can do 24/7 and i'll still not get bored with it uh and that's when i uh, cutting to, to my <laughs> trip to netherlands uh just before that i went to bangalore and i played for bcc bangalore cricket club for my work but they invited me they actually paid me this is the first time i got paid to play for a club uh it's, it was in 2009 so yeah it was going well and then 2010 i got a chance to come to netherlands so my first 6 7 months imagine coming from bcc and playing great cricket and then no cricket for 6 months i almost got a got a headache what am i doing in this country i'm missing cricket and then one of uh, um, club members met me in a indian restaurant and uh, just casual hi hello and then he said hey uh, do you love playing cricket and i said wow he just he's the blessing in this guy he just came in i said of course just tell me where i have to be and that's when i got introduced to kiwi so i am now with kiwi for almost or, or 11 years uh, with kiwi 2010 i think was my first season uh or at least i joined the club in 2010 uh, and i started at at 2 uh league 2 uh, then we moved to ofakhan we moved to now s class and i'm very uh, proud and happy to lead a, a bunch of really talented cricketers uh i'm very happy that all i know almost everybody and we are almost 90 playing members i think in this club and i know everybody which is a great network in itself uh, that you get exposed to So yeah, I think my journey has been very nice with Kiwi, starting from being twelfth man for the first four matches, to becoming a, a, a main bowler in 2014, to finally becoming a, a handy batsman, and now leading the club uh, as the team captain of Team One in S class. It's a good journey. It's a it's a great journey, I must say. Yeah. Well, I mean, having played you. in the next and in the games i think now you might be 125 i think back then you must have been faster and you bowl a heavy ball at least this is my personal experience having played you right so in any case look uh, some of those opportunities they sometimes passes by we don't know if it's for the best or not but apparently it is for the best right so you're enjoying your cricket here and you're still having a stable career on the side so if you had pursued cricket full time god knows what would have happened maybe you wouldn't have had both so you have the best of both the worlds as it said right I totally believe in destiny. I think destiny is uh, is driven uh, something for good. So you're absolutely right. I I, I feel that I'm doing uh, much. I'm getting much more satisfaction now playing with in different conditions and having a stable background. My family with me, still able to play and and spend, maybe not spend those eight ten hours I used to spend back then, but at least spend a couple of hours daily on on you know. on my nets on my knocking the bat on my you know, looking at videos training myself i think yes, that is a better satisfaction uh, but i know boys out there who really want to who cut cut the cut the race and and get to the high levels in indian cricket but the things have gone so competitive so i sometimes tell myself okay it's it's good what you have done you have achieved you should be happy and proud and just keep on playing until the body doesn't give up <laughs> indeed now that's indeed so you can always uh, take satisfaction from the fact that uh, in spite of having a full time career you're able to do enough with cricket uh, more than a hobby it must be said the way you said about it 
now this was about you playing and you sort of you know enjoying your cricket as a player what about you enjoying cricket as a spectator do you have any specific teams or players you follow oh i'm i'm a big buff cricket buff any match of especially with indian cricket if it's happening i'm definitely watching it live uh, even if it's late in the night like the recently recently conducted series uh, i think one of the best series we have seen till date uh, but yeah if, if, even if the match is for somebody some other teams maybe a bbl or in any other league i definitely watch the highlights i like to see how players can actually play those shots at 145 k balls coming to them i want to learn how do they do that maybe it's just practice but it's something that i'd love to see uh and also as bowlers how do the same bowlers swing in both the side they like to zoom into the hand so i'm a big cricket buff i can actually uh, yeah watch cricket all day now my daughter doesn't allow me to do that because she's 2 year old and she's always hanging on to me but uh, you know i'm a big 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 uh, cricket buff so any way cricket beat training beat uh, watching beat playing yeah you will see me in it so uh, yeah I, i love to watch uh, and i love to watch test cricket i love to watch uh, 2020 is more glamour for me and i'm really really uh, on off uh, test and uh, one days it clearly shows the uh, the the strength of a batsman the patience that they have to have to to win games it's it's i think it's a combination of everything so but yeah any form of cricket i'll watch it to answer your question <laughs> great to hear great to hear so speaking of that uh, well i must say it's immortal test series that just happened i mean i think uh, my entire sleep cycle was upset because of having to watch it uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't miss it right so it's probably once in a lifetime for an indian cricket fan to watch this sort of a series unfold and the indian team coming to grips with all the injuries still growing from strength to strength you know in some other cricket podcast i heard as a joke they said if there was one more test in the series india wouldn't have had 11 people they would have picked people from the crowd but they would have still beaten australia by an innings the way they were growing in strength um, it was something great to see and the way the whole series ended i mean very rarely you see the last test of the series being the best in spite of all the you know loss of personnel all that uh, those last few moments i'll never forget it because i remember the monday because it ended on a monday i, I can't even remember how the day went for me maybe it was lack of sleep <laughs> but maybe it was just the euphoria of the watching how it they actually went for the win in the last one hour or so i think uh, i think human nature is like that we love to see david versus goliath and we, we want to see david win always if you see any match and you see a, a underdogs playing beat rajasthan royals in the first ipl or beat this i'm just if, if i give examples beat you know uh, kenya reaching a semi finals in 2003 world cup it always gives you a feeling that wow something fair is happening something something is helping these guys to do that well and that's exactly what i felt when i could see india actually winning we were hoping to draw it and retain the gavaskar trophy uh, border gavaskar trophy but winning it was uh, yeah as you said nobody could digest it and it's just so happy moments uh, when i woke up in the morning i told my wife yeah i just finished the match india won and she's like okay <laughs> she's not that big of an enthusiast but i was trying to share my happiness with people who don't care about cricket as well so it's yeah i think uh, it's human nature anyone who wins from you know behind beat a race beat beat cricket it's always you know liked by a human being so i yeah i really loved the way and even if it was the other way around if australia would have beaten india with a very weak team maybe i would not have, would not have been that happy 
but at least i would have really felt satisfied to watch a great game that this is amazing this is exactly what uh, yeah what should have happened if you were to come back to the netherlands cricketing scene well uh, for somebody who went through the leagues as you said right who went from the semi professional to the fully professional leagues at the top two uh, tiers yeah do you feel there is a there is a big difference in the skill set as well as maybe the training regimens and other things that we uh, take on uh, when you le- go from let's say even the top amateur league to the bottom professional league do you see this big jump in difference in skill yeah. set or other things because there are, I, i don't think skills is the biggest difference i don't see that i think there are two major differences which i see when i see players because i do go down and play some matches in the lower leagues as well every now and then and the skills have really improved what we used to face in in league 3 or 2 uh, back in the days the skills are improving so i don't think skills are a big um, there are two things which i think are different one is opportunity so you see a new club which cannot start at the top league right they have just risen up so they have to start as we did uh, from the low and you see wow they 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 deserve to be in the higher class the way they are playing but because they have to win a league to reach to the higher league they are still playing in the in the lower leagues Uh, that is one so and two you also see some very good players playing in a weaker team they are amazing players they deserve to play in the first class or or at least uh, you know overkhan uh, but they are playing in two because their team is overall not that strong so cricket is team game so you have to ensure the team goes up the and the next biggest difference is discipline that is the biggest difference i feel when i see my team team one versus uh, uh Uh, some other teams uh, within the club and also outside is is that throughout the years uh, we have actually got that patience we have also got that maturity of thinking about the team more than personal uh, gains that okay uh, team understands the combination team team gets behind the decisions versus some personal uh, ambitions and that is what makes a team win i think when you are taking your Uh, so that is one big thing that you need to have if you want to go to that level and two is discipline so you need to come for training you need to get prepared for uh, for much uh, stronger players because as you know ajit a lot of clubs uh, because they are financially uh, pretty strong they they invite a lot of uh, external players from outside and for last 3 years we are number 2 which is heartbreaking uh, in the league because the top team has three players from under 19 pakistan under 19 australia now right. i at one side i love it because i want to face that 140 130 game morning coming to me but the other way it's kind of unfair to the netherlands uh, uh, team who is totally comprised of netherlands players and has not got that much funds or if i can say that or that much opportunity to have invite three or four international players so that's the way that's when you start seeing the skill difference again i reiterate the skill difference is not among the netherlands players i feel it starts to get different because there are external coaches that bring that extra uh, that extra edge and that is what you need to win as i said we have been number 2 for last 3 years it's it's the worst position to be you should be the number 1 or don't take it seriously that's my my motto either be number 1 or let it be so and i have been at number 2 which is uh, for me very you know it's like a uh, the crown of thorns if i can say that that okay it doesn't it is not a happy moment to end up at number 2 but yeah we are trying our best for example we we actually uh, thank our club to give us that bowling machine because we wanted to practice against 140 but none of us were bowling so to practice and play against a 140 you need to have a bowling machine that can bowl to you at 140 
So we actually did that really well, and that's what helped us to beat some of the very big teams. Like, if I can say, uh, maybe not taking names, there's a big club in Rotterdam which has three under-19 Pakistan players, and and we actually beat them. I was like, I was not even imagining that we can we we beat them so easy. But because of our practice, because of our understanding of the game, that we need to come to that level. So we need that bowling machine, guys. Come on the nets. Let's have the bowling machine. Let's ball to our main batsmen. So yeah, it 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 all depends on your discipline, your reading of the game, your patience. That differs you from lower leagues. Because I have played under lower leagues, and I see the the game plan is very short term. The game plan is very uh, individual. That you need to make this player important or this player important. That will never work. You need to you need to say that hey, this is our objective. Who can contribute to it? Rather than a person saying this is my objective, how a team can contribute to it. Absolutely not. It has to be team objective. That I think that's the main difference. It's not the skill. I've played against much better players in League Two or League, even in Ofakhang right now. They're they're amazing. Right. Look, I mean, it's a very tough thing to accept that you know, in spite of your best efforts, it's tough to not conquer the peak to remain on the second position. But the way I look at it, in spite of all these disadvantages, in spite of having a regular life, five days, six days a week, where you take care of your work, your family. You are still able to compete, remain at second, and all all it needs is the team at number one to have one slip. You are going to take yeah. take over top spot. The way I look at it is, what you are doing for the club and as well for the team, uh, that's fantastic, and that attitude I see is great to see. And look, there will always be professional players, right? So there will be people who will probably do this for a living, and they are like they split from team to team, and their their skill set or their mentality is different, and they can do this six days a week. You can't. In spite of that. Um, to see where the team is and continually competing every year it's always very encouraging for the rest of us who play in the club and we see what's happening right so it's always nice i'm just giving you a perspective of somebody who's playing in a lower league but seeing what happens yeah no i totally agree i i, I also tell my team that when we end up at second that it's good we have ended up at, at second because if you would have gone uh, one step up ahead maybe it's also to motivate them Uh, it would have been very difficult to survive there because there are certain requirements you need to have when you are in half class, the the ground situation, the number of twelfth uh, man you need, uh, additional players, number of scorers you need to accompany with you. So there are a lot of preparations we need to do as a club and as a team to have that ready when we go to HK. Uh, and fitness, like I see myself, uh, I'm at least at thirty percent of my fitness I was ten years back. Because of whatever reason, we do a sitting job, we 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 got married, we. We don't train every day as we used to. Uh, priorities have changed. Keeping that in mind, if I see my player coming and thrashing a, uh, uh, someone who is playing for Australia for sixes like back to back, uh, it was a. Some games, you know, are inscribed in your mind. So these games, when you hit a person who is, who is in a in a very international level, and we are now just taking him for a ride in the match, he also knows. My God, if these guys were fit, I will not stand a chance. He gets a reality check. That's my experience, Ajit. Whenever international player comes to Netherlands, he first his first feeling is, "Ah, it's Netherlands. How difficult it can be." But when he goes back, he wants to come back because I personally feel Netherlands players have that much potential. A bit of more backing, I think we can, yeah, we can reach much higher levels. And it is improving. I see Ryan Campbell becoming the coach of Netherlands. You know, giving chances to youngsters to perform. They are doing well. Uh, but I think more backing will. Like like in India, I think Netherlands is where India was in 1990s. Let's say in cricket, it needs a 1996 Sharjah 
1998 Sharjah to to give that punch uh, and say, okay, guys, wow, this is what we can do to the world. Huh? So we, I'm just waiting for that because Netherlands has gone with sparks of brilliance. You know that we 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 have beaten England, we have beaten Pakistan. We we have had our matches where we have won against quite big teams. Even India, we were about Netherlands was about to beat India at one. We we just got saved, if I can say that. Uh, but that is where I feel that Netherlands need a bit of more push, a bit of more inclusion, if I can say that. Uh, like now I am naturalized Dutch. Next year I want to go for the trials personally. So I want to see that open window for hey people come come for trials. We don't have a set of clubs that are being picked up from. We should open it up and say okay come ballers we need trials come and give your trials. That's when you will see the real cream come out. You will see how Kapil Dev came out in India. You will see how Inzamam came out for Pakistan. He was playing in a in a street, and the captain looked at him and said, "Come and ball to me in the nets." If you if you uh, yeah if you read, you will realize that gems are sitting somewhere, not inside a, a ivory tower. They are sitting around the ivory tower. You need to go out and pick them. So that is something I really feel Netherlands should work on. So there is a team which is getting built, but at the same time there should be scouts outside that that should go and watch. At least earth class matches and above, and say, "Okay, my God, this guy, if he's in the team, he'll be a bit differentiated." I think that is something that Netherlands cricket should invest on, and then you will see this team will definitely be at par, if not better, than many other teams. Uh, you see Bangladesh, how it has come up. It has just started to beat big teams. Like every now and then, they are beating big teams, just because they are investing in uh, players sitting outside and going and scouting them in. That is something that I see Netherlands should work on. Indeed. Now that's a good summary of maybe the change in direction as well as far as the Dutch. Let's say the way they pick their players, they could also choose from, as you say, really good players who play in the top professional leagues. Just maybe give them a chance. It's about also the mindset, right? So these players that they choose to prefer probably have a specific training regimen mindset. So this can also be inculcated into players who already have the skills, who have already come to the top leagues through their own hard work and they can be right. indeed given a chance to go further that's indeed something i hope mr campbell is listening maybe he can uh, pick up a tip <laughs> or two I, here i must give a kudos to netherlands cricket for for the girls for the women cricket that's where they are actually picking up great talent it's and and i think that's where we should learn from the other gender that how we can you know find good talents uh, from different clubs and so that way i feel netherlands has taken a very good step which is women cricket i think similar steps or similar improvements if we can bring to our because we have to ask ourselves why is it that netherlands is not in the world cup teams anymore yeah is it we are not investing or we are not giving chances what what is the reason that question needs to be asked and i'm sure i'm sure ryan campbell sitting somewhere is thinking about it that's his kpi i'm sure he will uh think about a way to get to a next level and and i'm just waiting uh, where we as dutch people now uh, origin from india can actually help uh netherlands to reach other heights yeah good thought now going back to another topic we wanted to have a chat on i understand you are the bat specialist in the club right you have a theory you have some uh, practical knowledge whenever we have a chat i always walk away picking up a couple of useful things about how a bat should be what are the things i can look forward to when i use a bat when i pick up a bat how do i see if it's a good bat or not so would you like to shed some more light on this and maybe you've have some thoughts on uh, maybe the next level as well would you like to go into it 
Yeah, sure. Thanks for picking the point. I'll not call, call, call myself bad specialist. It's the experience that, that you gain when you've played with, at one time, a Kashmir Willow, again, a very good Willow, to English Willow now, which is very accessible to us because our purchasing power has improved. We are actually buying expensive bats. But I think what I have noticed uh, is that there is a different perception in minds of the batsmen I meet when they pick up a bat. And they end up paying so much uh, for a, a bat which they can easily you know, procure from a different place, uh, much, much cheaper, much better. Because people don't understand the basics. Like if I ask anybody right now, even if I ask you, how do you differ between a Kashmir willow and English willow? You'll not be able to answer it correctly. I'm not doubting your intelligence, but I know I was not able to. I was not able to uh, identify that, hey, because I used to play with Kashmir Willow. I've hit sixes long enough with that. I now play with English Willow. I hit it, hit them equally well. So what is the big difference that differentiates between the two? Wood? So these kind of questions keep popping up in my mind. Also, grains, very overhyped phenomena. Hey, I need 10 grains. I need straight grains. And so... And when people were showing me their bat, uh, that, hey, Rohit Bhai, see, I've got this new bat and it looks amazing. And, and I said, my God, the first thing he tells me, it looks amazing. So the aesthetics is is more important in his mind. Then I said, okay, show it to me. And when I pinged it, when I put a ball to it, I said, okay, how much did you pay for it? And when he says 30,000 rupees or, or 300, 400 euros, I'm like shocked. I said, wow, my God, you have a lot of money in your pocket to pay. Uh, so... When I pick up my bats, I'm personally not looking at grains, number of grains, color, it should be clean. People don't know, Ajit, the very basic thing. When you make a bat, you pick up a tree, the English willow tree, and the, from the same tree, grade one bat also comes, grade two bat also comes, and grade three bat also comes. From the same tree. So the yes. wood is exactly the same. The ping is exactly the same. The performance is exactly the same. The only difference in grade one, grade two, or grade three for that specific wood will be its aesthetics. So grade one will be the middle part of the tree, which has no water touched. So it will be white. And grade two and three will be slightly outer parts of the tree, which will have watermarks. But the wood is same. It will ping the ball exactly the same. So if I look at my best performing bat right now, it's it's Spartan MSD run, which is a 4,500 rupees bat. Right. Which is yeah, 50, 50 euros, 60 euros bat, which I got from India because I handpicked them. I don't want to, I've tried online. Uh, it's, it's good because there's experts sitting behind, but then they also try to sell you something which you want to hear. See these grains, see the looks. Of course. I think yeah. the biggest thing that matters is ping and punch. So had, I was having these questions a lot for the last two years in my mind. That why are people spending so much money? Why did I spend up so much money buying a SS uh, worth two bat for 15,000 rupees? I could have got a better bat for 10,000 rupees. So that's the reason I, I thought about why shouldn't I you know, bring my experience in cricket. My knowledge of having right now eight bats with me, my personal bats. Uh, ah. And Behind 50 bats, I've been using, along with my market research skills. So what I did, I did a survey with about 150 cricketers in the Netherlands. And I just wanted to know, ask them what, what matters to you. And that's when I realized, okay, these are the five things as a batsman that matters to you, not when you're buying. These things were going in my mind for the last two, three years that people are focusing on not very, not the right things when they're buying their stuff in cricket. Uh, so I thought, why not combine my experience? 
with my uh, current set of bats, along with my market research skills, which, which is my job, to come up with something which can tell a player this is what matters. And that's where the phenomenon of five factors came in. Five factors is, is a brand that I chose for myself, uh, is something that, that will assess any product in five important factors. So that's how I started. I did a survey with 150 players in the Netherlands. I got to know that these are the five factors which should matter the most. And to be honest, aesthetics is something which is not that important. I spoke, I had interviews with JS Wright and Sons. I had interviews with uh, suppliers in India, suppliers in UK, uh, mm. suppliers in Pakistan. That what do you say when you say grade one, grade two, grade three? Nobody knows. If you ask any uh, immature cricketer, hey, what do you think is different between grade one and grade two? I don't think anybody can tangibly tell you this is a difference. They say, ah, it's a bit better. Of course, mm. it's one and two, you know, one is better. But what is the difference that you end up paying that much money? So after this all, I came up with, okay, these are the five factors, guys. Uh, this is what I'll focus on. And every product will have its own five factor. But it will not be more than five factor. So that's the start of the journey of five factors. And mm -hmm. first thing that I looked was into bats because that is my biggest experience. Cricket is my the largest experience sport. So I thought, let's start with cricket. Let's start to bring cricket bats as the first product. And then I found very good suppliers in India who are supplying to big brands and not name them, but mm -hmm. they are supplying to big brands because every big brand doesn't have a factory. They are actually ordering into uh, some local manufacturers in, in Jalandhar or Merit and then putting their stickers on and selling it for 10 times the price. So yeah. I was I was pretty much uh, willing to remove that middle path. Why should I go to a big brand and buy something for 20 and I can buy something for 10 just going directly to my supplier? So that's the reason I uh, I chose this path. I spoke to about 20 suppliers, asked them for videos, asked them for knowledge, how much they know about cricket bats. And one thing I got from them is that grade one, grade two, grade three, there might be minor differences, but it's more about marketing. Mm -hmm. It's more about, about how you sell the product. So yes, there are differences in terms of durability, but it doesn't give you the uh, feeling that you should pay that much high. So after speaking to 20 suppliers, interviewing them, getting to the survey, that's the, when I started my first set of bats. And I must thank my you know, first two, three customers who immediately picked it up because they, they, they trust me. Just my uh, feelings of cricket bats. They immediately came to me and said, Rohit, I want to buy this one. And I gave it to them. And they're very happy. Mm -hmm. uh, the same bat, if they would have bought for a bigger brand, must be 30, 40% higher in price. Uh, and maybe not even that durable. Because on this, I put my name behind. I put my experience behind. And now we are working with them to bring up cricket balls because uh, that's one of the reasons Netherlands cricket is suffering or has suffered in the past is the weather. Because the conditions are so wet, you you don't uh, uh, get the right uh, quality of cricket balls. They get damped. Or if you get the right quality, they are so expensive. For example, the ball that we play with S-Class is per piece 30 euros, if I'm not wrong, uh, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. It's too expensive. So I thought, okay, let me bring the cricket balls all to the, also to the forum. Uh, again, waterproofed uh, quality of 100 overs uh, to, to the Netherlands fraternity and see how it goes. Uh, I normally don't call it as a business for me because it is not something that I want to earn money from. It's more I want to get attached to cricket even after I stop playing. So I want to get closer to cricket any way I can, be it by giving good products, be it playing with those products or being playing anyways. Uh, I just thought this is something that is the right time to look into. 
and that's where this uh, this thought and this venture has started wow i mean very nice to hear you know the steps you took and uh, you've begun the journey so as a friend and as a clubmate my best wishes going forward and uh, who knows in a couple of months uh, i would come to you with a request of my own <laughs> both my bats last season broke so we'll see we'll have a chat about it in one of the upcoming days no doubt so <laughs> it's still very nice to see that you have this enthusiasm to be attached to the game and then uh, as you say maybe after your playing days are over you're still going to be in touch with players in one form or the other because you have this new venture of yours all the best going forward and wish you all the success with your new venture that's great thanks thanks a lot ajit thanks for all your kind words uh, looking forward to help everyone as much as i can to get the right product uh, and not just get into brand frenzy and then just get lost <laughs> indeed well at the end of the day what you said rang true with me that it's not about how it looks and how well it's been marketed to you but it's about what it can actually do and how long it lasts in your hand it's exactly. this is this this is probably the yeah this should be the core belief in most of us when we go to purchase but it's not that black and white i remember i had bought a 5 euro gloves from a army surplus store which ran for 3 years it was leather they were probably slightly mismatched in color but i remember that not even a stitch came off it was 5 euros so uh, i try it rings true what you said right it has been a very nice chat rohit uh, i see you have a lot to offer not just uh, with respect to your experiences in dutch cricket and with your new venture but i think it's a great uh, thing that if possible we can have you again as a guest in one of our upcoming episodes where we talk through the cricket of the week or something and i'll plan something it's uh, very yeah, nice I, to have I a chat i love to be part of this discussion as i said any form of discussion watching listening to cricket i'm up for it so please uh, feel free to invite me for any discussions around cricket and i'll be happy to be there ajit would you like to give a shout out about about your brand how people who are interested in buying bats from you would be able to reach out to you yeah so uh, as i said we have not yet fully uh, launched it like professionally it is on facebook and exposed to some of my facebook fraternity only so right now you can reach out to me directly for for any request uh, through whatsapp through through facebook it's on my facebook page and uh, and then yeah we can discuss and right now i have said we have two products there which is cricket bats and and balls for different grades uh, next product is gloves that i'm looking at uh, again high quality gloves that i want to bring in that that is the way people can reach out to me and of course if they are bulk order it, it is always better because then you you are able to uh, deliver uh, in one go and shipment really is is a big cost to these products when you bring it from india and then if a club needs it uh, yeah in in a big format definitely uh, everything can be invoiced and and when the players need it yeah they can reach out to me personally invoice and everything can be made available uh, formally as well uh, right now it's uh, it's getting set up uh, as i said first three bats are sold out of the first six which is a great achievement for me i didn't expect it i thought i would have to really market myself but thankfully players uh, trust at least those three players trusted my credibility and they landed up on my on my door that hey we need your bat and uh, that way yeah please feel free to reach out so all right thanks for a wonderful chat rohit and i wish you a success going forward with your venture and also a great day ahead thanks a lot thanks ajit have a nice day take care thank you everyone for listening in bye bye this is the armchair cricket podcast